Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. Oh, it's the 4th of July. Fireworks for our friends to the south. Yes, for us, it already happened that day, the thing that happened. That... No, everything was cancelled because of Blade Runner world that we live in, plus tornadoes and thunderstorms. Yeah, and it's it's funny too, someone, uh, Emily was telling me that someone made a post that was like, oh, it's the 48 hours where we're allowed to have a Canada flag and not be like convoy weirdos or whatever. Huh. And I was like, no, 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 it's too late still. Genuinely, <laughs> not even making a joke, in the aftermath of that, when I see a truck or a Canada flag, I have PTSD. Not to make light of people with real PTSD right. or people who have had a much rougher time in this and any other country. But yeah, I don't... I'm like, it's time to change the flag again. Like, yeah. I think a very nice indigenous design... Yeah, for sure. I think that would be a nice thing because that would both anger the people who we don't like who were flying the flag and being jerks yeah it's, i saw one it was the one where it was the canadian flag but it had like bloody handprints on it oh. like and i'm like i'm not saying we should do that as our <laughs> flag but i was like yeah. that is sweet because i saw it and i thought it was just the normal canadian flag and, and i knew she was indigenous and i was like oh that's interesting and then i looked closer and i was like ah, that there makes you sense. go yeah yeah so i was like maybe not that far but yeah like i definitely would be into that I, I definitely searched i think it was last year i was looking for something like that like an indigenous version of the flag to post something yeah it was It's kind of similar to my pitch to any sports team that has an offensive logo and or name. And I believe in the CFL, Edmonton did that, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they have like an indigenous kind of elk or something? Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, actually. Yeah, because they were the Eskimos and I think they're the elks now. They took my idea. That's right. You can run with that. Yeah, and it's the thing I hate is like the justification that's like, well, it's been like that for a long time. The Chicago Blackhawks, that's an iconic logo. Like as a kid, you know, we all knew that one. So like, I obviously understand that side, but that feels like such a white thing to say. Like, Oh yeah, well, the rule, and to put it into movies, just because something happened a long time ago <laughs> or has been around for a long time does not mean it's okay. Yeah, it's and not a reason. You learn that pretty much anytime you watch Sadly, not even a really old movie. You go to the 80s and there's jokes in there that just are cringe to the, I would say, even to the most right wing of person sometimes. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, everything has a time and place. And, and it's funny, like, because we don't support censorship either. We should have the opportunity to see those, you know, mistakes or whatever you want to call it, learn from the past, etc. Like, there has to be, like, a common ground in between the two, I think. But on this candidate day was really weird because there were events Gwen was going to go camping and she canceled because just this world we're in there was such terrible air pollution warnings and tornado warnings and tornado warnings <laughs> I'm not sure which is worse at that point and you know weather network always gets it wrong a little bit but it ended up being I think around three in the afternoon just a crazy thunderstorm so we ended up just the 11th hour because there was nothing else going on we snuck into the Mayfair and watched a movie. I was afraid when we left that it was going to be tornadoes, but it was okay. But what was weird was it was ghost town. And I don't know if it was a mix of everyone at the cottage and everyone just hiding at home, but you could feel it in the air that Mm. in the walk from the Mayfair down Bank Street to the Queensway, I don't know, a 15, 20 minute walk, nobody was around. 
Yeah, we drove out to Canada location-ish, you know, not quite Canada, but I don't remember where we actually went, but it was Emily's sister's place. And there was quite a bit of traffic on Saturday, like on the first. Like Maybe on the they way all out. went there. Everyone was in suburbia. Yeah, it was kind of random because it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, something like that, you know? And so, it, like, not crazy, crazy, but like just more than we would have thought because you'd think if people were going to the cottage, they would have gone Friday after work or whatever, yeah. you know? So that was a little surprising. And then we were double booked that day because we did a barbecue at our friend's place. Although their barbecue didn't work anymore. So I was like, hey, I've got a portable barbecue. So I brought that in. I was a real hero. Hero. You know? Yeah. And so we were kind of like half in the garage, half out of the garage, just because the weather was in and out. But it actually wasn't that bad from the afternoon. And it really wasn't that big a deal. Like The weather was so bad downtown that I was afraid for real that it was going to be one of the days where we lost power at the cinema mm-hmm. because there was just thunder and lightning right on top of us. And all you need is for something to hit a power line in the neighborhood. That happens a couple times a year. And it's always just so horrible because you don't know what to tell people. You're like, we could be out for 15 minutes or yeah. a day. Yeah. And so you're just sitting by the internet and like refreshing the power grid on Hydro Ottawa and yeah. just seeing if it's back, if it's back. I know you always picture it as like that. Hilariously, what we were talking about right before we recorded, that character is Zazz from the comics. It just This is the kind of stuff we talk about, the most random characters, side characters no one's ever heard of. It'd be like that guy touching the yeah. power lines. Oh, and yeah. you're like, oh no, we lost power. <laughs> but it's because it was a cool, weird energy character from a Hulk thing. You're like, that's okay then. I knew I could bring it back to Zazz somewhere. But I will say... Unrelated to me sneaking into the Mayfair, possibly off the record, we watched Top Gun Maverick. Okay, finally, I guess. I was completely disinterested in seeing this movie. Yeah. I like Tom Cruise fine. Yeah. And man, I flip flopped. I, w- I was cheering. I was edge of my seat. Oh, man. I thought it was really well done. Like just a very well done Hollywood script. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, Gwen has not seen the original. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you'll be fine. No, and yeah. you were. Like, they expositioned anything you needed to know. But I still haven't watched the behind the scenes. Did they let Tom Cruise fly airplanes in that movie? I mean, I assume so. It looked really real. He kind of demands that he gets to do the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he's allowed to, you know. But can you teach a civilian to fly one of those? I, well, but I think he's been flying for real. Like, I mean, like, his buddies with Travolta who's been flying for yeah. years. So I don't know if, like, whatever. But I do know, like, he won a... I want to say like an MTV award or something. And he was in a jet flying it. So at the very least, he's done some flying. I just left that movie going, this guy knows how to make a Hollywood movie. And it wasn't that kind of, you know, 80s action hero. The central character had war trauma Mm -hmm. and was an actual in-depth character to bring it back to ptsd apparently yeah pretty much keeps yeah happening although as a side note to that i'd read something interesting on the on the internet that was saying something like it was i think pete davidson was going to therapy for ptsd and a lot of people mocked it basically and were just like you can only have ptsd from the war and a lot of other people were like well no, no. like that it's <laughs> about trauma like it's yeah. not and, and it was kind of interesting like apropos of nothing but it was just i'd never thought of that before so many people just are like ptsd equals war only and right. you just you cannot experience it if not for that. And so there's a lot of people that probably are maligned and just not believed. 
And yeah. it's just really sad. I mean, there's all kinds of horrible things that can yeah, uh, knock you out. For sure. I mean, Pete Davidson's dad was killed on 9 11, you know, like, Ugh. and he heard about that and saw the footage in front of all his friends when oh, he was God. in grade four, I think it was. And That's so it's, good. yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, you can take him or leave him. I, I don't mind him. You know, I've enjoyed him before, but it's funny the amount of vitriol people will get over trauma. Like, when you're just like, you yes. can't, you weren't in a war. You can't have experienced that. And you're like, ah, guess what, bud? That's everything that's wrong with the internet. We were just chatting the other day. I was like, stranger things have happened because once upon a time, Blockbuster was, I think, the biggest company on earth. Probably. And now it is gone. (laughs) And I was like, wow, is Twitter just going to go away? Because I kind of don't follow what's going on because I just know it's a horrible thing after a horrible thing. Right. But for what it is, I've curated my Twitter experience into a good thing because it's other podcasts I like and nerd websites and somebody (laughs) and you. And where will I learn my basketball stuff? And people going to Star Wars flea markets, you know, it's it's all nice stuff. But I was like, wow, it'll be so interesting if Twitter just completely folds. And I'm sure something else will pop up in its wake. We still use it just to put out information on upcoming movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's it at its worst, where some celebrities going through a bad thing. And then a whole bunch of people feel that they need to comment on it. And yeah. I was like, why do you need to comment on this? Or like you, you haven't earned trauma, basically. Yeah. Or just like, if you have money, you're fine. And that's it. Yeah. Or yeah. as <laughs> we've discussed lately, somebody knowing half of a story and coming at you with anger. And yeah. you're like, you don't know the whole story about this. We would get it when sometimes less than I would almost hope. Like, you know, like we all love the good old days of when Silent Night, Deadly Night was being protested Mm -hmm. and there's those great photos of people holding signs with various my saint is not a murderer and it looked like there was like 10 or 20 of them at best yeah it's not even like it was like a huge crowd and some little kid who's just there because they've been promised that they're going to get to go to mcdonald's afterwards yeah exactly but i wish when we screened silent night deadly night we had protesters outside with signs that'd be great yeah seriously we might actually play it more often if we were able to get something like that (laughs) or the room even i mean I don't know, people who hate the wastefulness of spoons or something. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know, like someone's going to protest something. And I was commenting on how I can judge people by, say if we're screening a movie that it's kind of a whole subgenre into itself, but the lesbian period piece, mm-hmm. the sad lesbian period piece. And there's been a few in the last couple of years that were really great. But if I'm sitting in the box office, I can judge someone because if they're leaving at the 65 minute mark, I'm like, oh, that's when that scene happens, and you're leaving because of that. And 65 minutes, though, like I just so threw that number out there. Yeah, I'm just like, if that's like 75 percent at least into the movie. That does happen though. Sometimes, sometimes people give up on a movie so late in the game, and I was like, <laughs> I have proudly never walked out on a movie. Greatly helped because the Mayfair only screens good movies, of course. Right. If I leave a movie, I feel like I've been beaten. You're not going to beat me, bad movie. Well, yeah, the money's spent. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help anybody. What else you got to do? I've never walked out of a movie. I've, I've thought about it, but that's about it. You know, like There was a local critic who I would see every once in a while at those free advanced ticket screenings that back in the day you would win it on radio. And sure. now I think it's all you win it off the internet. But I remember being at... Over the years, I think maybe two or three of these, and I would recognize him, and he would leave when there was, say, three minutes left in the movie or five minutes left in the movie. And I guess because he was like, well, I've made my notes. I got the gist of it. But I always think, what if that movie was usual suspects? That's exactly what I was thinking for some reason. You've really missed something there. 
And I always really lost some respect for that person. I'm like, it's your job. You yeah. can't wait an extra five minutes. And it's like the person who leaves the hockey game early to beat the yeah, rush. For sure. And then a great overtime comeback happens. You're not leaving 10 minutes in or half an hour in. And I would always see that person, or not always, I saw that person for real do that about three times. And I'm like, I guess you do that at all the movies. Have you been so jaded with movies? And I remember him doing it at movies that weren't bad. So yeah, I always think of that. I was just like, just stay, watch the movie. Did you ever read the follow-up review? No, but I did judge this person and I will never forget because he gave Army of Darkness a one star <laughs> and clearly... Had not seen the last five minutes. <laughs> that and did not get the movie. With, yeah. Like every critique, if you do not like the movie because you don't like camp horror, yeah. because that kind of thing, that's fine. But he walked into it and thought it was going to be The Exorcist and was mad at it because it wasn't and it was like that's not how you review a movie yeah. you can say you don't like it and he's like the thing that i hated about citizen kane was yeah. what was rosebud like they don't yeah. even bother to tell us it's insane yeah it's like if you're a critic you should love movies good or bad and that's what you always appreciate by good old roger ebert would be notorious of even movies he hated mm -hmm. he'd sit through them yeah, like the only thing that I could figure is if you got up and then you stood by the exit. Yeah, you yeah. Because sometimes maybe. you can be in that little hallway and still see the movie. Yeah. I, I don't think I would do that, but I mean, yeah. th that's the only way it might be acceptable. If I ever see this guy again, I got to be like, years later, Yeah. I had an idea from a friend that I may not hate you as much as I do. Yeah. Did you do this? And he's like, no, nah, I just went home. I'd be you're, like, oh, you're, you're a bad critic. You're giving him a way out though too. And he's like, yeah, I did the <laughs> yeah, hallway thing. I, I did that. <laughs> that's just what I did. But I know, speaking of kind of holiday weekend movies, Indiana Jones came out. Mm, yes. I haven't seen it yet just because the multiplex in our neighborhood is only playing it in the like oh. D-box shaky oh, seat 3D That's like throw dirt on you. like $35 or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, and I just pictured Indiana Jones just like darts coming at you. Yeah. And, and I don't want someone to shake my seat. And I've heard <laughs> on another nerd podcast, somebody went to see, I think it was one of the Fast and or Furious oh, movies. And she said that it was just uncomfortable. It was like getting your seat kicked for the yeah. whole movie. Like the Days of Thunder ride at Wonderland, yeah, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, well... The idea is neat, but yeah, I would never do it. I wouldn't. No. I, first of all, I wouldn't pay more for it. But second of all, I wouldn't do it at all. I'm not that kind of guy. Like even 3D, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, geez, we're doing this, you know. So I'm thinking this weekend it might go down. I know from our kind of former manager who still comes back and works every few months, Melissa, who turned trader and worked at Cineplex for a little while. Right. Is that they do that because they want it to be on the most expensive ticket for the first week or two. Right. And then afterwards, they might knock it down to the just normal venue. Yeah, but that makes no sense for Nina Jones or Star Wars or one of the, or an Avengers or whatever. Like, like I got to absolutely have that, but to not have a normal screen at yeah. all for yeah. your opening week, that is complete lunacy. Well, that's what made me not go. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping it's on the next week. But Lee, of course, I think has seen it three times already. Yes. And I love his enthusiasm, but I, I'm also just like, Wow, you own a movie theater, <laughs> and you still spend so much money on going to the movies. And he must have an in at Cineplex. Like he I hope he to, does. He knows he does. someone everywhere, you know? Yeah. Like, that feels to me like bad business. It's yeah. one of those things where you're just like, oh, I'll sell my lemonade for $100 a glass. That way I just have to sell one. You're <laughs> yeah. like, well, listen. And it's one of those things, too, where it always makes me jealous. I think jealous is the right word, but people mean well. And on Facebook, say when we're screening cocaine bear or evil dead rise or something like that they'll comment oh this was great i went to see it at this place yeah so they are saying it's great they mm -hmm. are recommending you come see it but then i'm like 
yeah, but you're telling me that you spent your money elsewhere. <laughs> and I know that's fine, and I know that we can never guarantee we're getting a screen something, but it's this weird backhanded compliment or something where I'm always just like, you're going to come see it again, right? Yeah, like, what if it's something that had been on VOD for like a week, and then the person doesn't say where they watched it? Is yeah, that any better? What, like, they're yeah. just like, oh, this is really good. Because I don't, I'm trying to find the middle ground there where you're like, because yeah, it is good that you're like, I don't know, I'll do that sometimes, but yeah. it's not, not so much for a newer movie. And then there was the person who I had to stand corrected and have no idea who he is in real life. <laughs> but I was getting mad at him because over the months, there was half a dozen times where a indie film would pop up yeah. and he would brag about seeing it or compliment seeing it. And I was like, oh, this no good person, he's stealing movies on the internet. <laughs> and then it came out that he volunteered at, if I remember correctly, the Sundance Film Fest every year. And so that's where he saw so them you're all. you're the jerk. I was the bad person. For the first time ever in life, Josh ever. was the jerk online. <laughs> and yeah, I was the troll. But I never went, I never like commented back to him or anything. But then he was like, oh, I remember seeing this one at Sundance. And just, I was like, oh. Yeah. And feeling so good that I had not publicly outed him and yelled at him for stealing movies online yeah because i and then there's there's the the cage movie one of the cage westerns he did two one actually came out the other butcher's crossing never came out but it played at tiff and a friend oh, of mine yeah. was covering tiff so I, th I think i know two people who saw it in, in toronto and it's never come out and like and apparently it was pretty good you know like not a classic probably but still like there's demand and so I'm just, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, I'm super jealous of those people. But at the same time, you know, I know it'll come out eventually. Like, it's not like Andrew seeing Louis C.K.'s movie, like, <laughs> yeah. which I think was also at TIFF. See, that seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. And like, we were presumably going to get it at oh, some time. You know? Not presumably. We had it booked. <laughs> Even better. For the Ottawa premiere. Yeah. <laughs> advertising online and everything. <laughs> we bragged so hard about well, having that. <laughs> and that movie, I distinctly remember... People were like, Louis C.K. is the new indie darling. <laughs> and this movie has a very good shot of getting that Oscar nomination for best screenplay. Yeah, but this was Andrew's blog that said those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but wow, how quick things can turn. Right. And in an alternate universe, if stuff had went down as little as a week later, we would have screened that movie yeah. before stuff went down with Louis. Which would have been fine. Oh, yeah. There's a sweet then. spot that would have been okay. Yeah. But could you imagine if opening night was when all that came out? Could have happened. Like, Holy like, cow. Because then we'd, there'd be so much pressure from people to not yeah. play it at all. But then it's locked in. It's advertised. It's everything. So it's like yeah. this weird... Obviously, none of this happened. But No, no. <laughs> in the multiverse, slightly interesting version of this. Well, I think about that about the good old days, which were not good of Hollywood, where every controversy was just swept under a rug. Yeah. And movie stars were held up on pedestals. How many movies would have been in trouble back then because Clark Gable did something horrible, yeah. you know? But also, who would have cared? It was escapism, no matter what, and they were not going to take that blindfold up. So it's like, oh, you yeah. could say John Wayne shot a kid in the face, and they'd be like, well, but do we know both sides of that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. we don't. was it a Damien-type scenario? We don't know. There's bad people on both sides of being <laughs> shot. No, well, that example got... We'll get away from this dark territory. <laughs> Eventually, we'll talk about movies we're playing. Yeah, but it was during the very deserved hashtag Me Too stuff that mm -hmm. took out some horrible, horrible people. Angela Lansbury came out, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially was like, oh, come on, ladies. These seven horrible things happened to me in my youth, and I'm fine. That's just how Hollywood works. No, Angela. That's not how things should work. Was she also the one whose daughter was hanging out with 
the guy, the serial killer guy who plays, oh. plays guitar. Charles yeah. Manson. Charles Manson. You're killing me. You're worse than I am. I blanked on Charles Manson. <laughs> we all, thankfully, we all did. Yeah. But apparently, I don't know if it was Angela Lansbury, oh, but it was someone Could've whose been. daughter was hanging out with him, and then she just got bad vibes, so she kind of moved her daughter oh, completely. Lies. And then weeks later, all that went down. Well, yeah, like he was hanging out with like the Beach Boys and stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, sometimes these things go well or they don't go well. In know? conclusion, this is why celebrities don't want their kids to be celebrities. Yeah, and it's maybe good that we it takes us a while to remember <laughs> serial killers' names. I yeah. don't know. Is that progress? <laughs> okay, let's take a hard swing and chat about the movies we have coming up this week. Unlike last week, we do have a kind of a booked schedule. Love it. So a couple new films. The first one is called Persian Lessons, hmm. uh, an acclaimed World War II set film that won a bunch of awards. It's about a young Jewish man in a concentration camp who has his life saved when the executioners realize he owns a certain book. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's, so, wow. I, I don't know no what the book idea. is. I don't know if it's a true story. Wow. That just kept going. Like, I, I didn't, yeah. just when I thought I knew where you were going, he meets a Persian teacher who teaches him lessons of some kind. But no. Yeah. It's just an interesting example of how new stories keep on coming out of a giant world event. Yeah. We're this many years later and there's still stories being told about World War II and getting big praise for it. So, not the same thing, but I always think about that when people are like, oh, another superhero movie. And I'm like, we're still making World War II movies. It's true. Oh, man. And like even doing Captain America set in World War II type stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah I mean, yeah. come on. So then the other new film we have this week, very excited about this one, is the Canadian film Blackberry. Oh, from yes. Jay Baronshell and company. Holy cow. This movie is 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't know who the 2% is. <laughs> but I found... Four to four star reviews. Yeah, for no sure. No problem. I found too many. I was like, I found three. There you go. And it's crazy to have, like, even Glenn Howerton, like, you don't normally see him in dramatic type stuff. And that's, obviously, I'm sure there's some comedy in this oh, too. Oh, yeah. But. but that's my ongoing belief that doing comedy is harder than drama. Mm-hmm. And that's why there is more success of comedians jumping to drama yeah. than dramatic actors jumping to comedy. Yeah, no, I'm both of those guys. I mean, like Jay Baruchel's done, he's dabbled in, in some dramatic stuff, but you think of him as a comedian, you know, in general. So, And this one I noticed, I'm not going to remember everyone's name, but what I really appreciate about Jay Baruchel is he's not the same genre, but much like someone like David Cronenberg, mm-hmm. where he's doing stuff in Canada. This is a filmed in Canada movie with Canadian central plot. There's a bunch of actors in it, including, I noticed in the trailer, Michael Ironside. So it's hmm. it's got a bunch of cool Canadian character actors in it. And to give it a simple elevator pitch, it really seems like a slightly more comedic social network. Okay. But more of the dummies run in the show. Like a bunch of people who are tech geniuses stumble into a thing, great success, and then it all goes horribly wrong fairly quickly. I'm actually really excited to see this. I've heard great things. The trailers laugh out loud funny. I, yeah. We saw it yesterday in front of... You Hurt My Feelings, Mm. which is a good segue because we're holding over You Hurt My Feelings for a second week. Oh, excellent. It was great. It was so good. Julia Louis-Dreyfus can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really great New York City, funny... At first, I thought it was cringe comedy. It's that a little bit, but not to the sense that anybody who doesn't like cringe comedy couldn't come to it. (laughs) Like Emily. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a really good just character piece of a husband and wife and son in New York City and the quick pitch is that she finds out her husband doesn't like her book 
and doesn't take it well. Mm-hmm. And there's all kind of humor around that and misunderstanding. And yeah, just really good, simple little premise. So we're holding that one over for a second week. You've obviously done well. Really well. Even on Canada Day, that crazy day filled with unbreathable air and thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah. We did very well with it. The air in here was great. <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest thing now. Now people are wearing masks outside. Yeah. Step in the front door and take off their mask. Yeah. It's a lot. That's sort of the irony of it is like there's a lot of people who didn't want to wear masks who now are wearing masks. They're like, okay, well, if the air sucks, I'll do it. But I didn't want to do it before for those reasons. If there's invisible things in the air that make you sick, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I can't see the sickness. I don't care about that. Then we have the room back for its 160th time on our screen you sound like an angry cowboy yeah like you're just like ah oh, geez i it's remember back. this one <laughs> why do people keep coming uh geez. except that the money part that, oh yeah the money that's that why. we like <laughs> and then the news with that that we've kind of chatted about a bit is that lee visited tommy on his recent la trip and we got that big shark poster, which we deciphered eventually. Yeah, what, what was yeah, it? We already forgot. It was it was, it was the, kind of the, the usual platitudes, you know, like yeah, it was like come see big shark. Lo- love is blind. Did he say that? Something I don't, like that. Sometimes uh, I love you, Tommy. Yeah, might have said Mayfair. I refer- we probably yeah. should have read it right before we did this. Yeah. But still, it's but in the lobby. That's for you to find out. Lee said, although it has been screened a few times, it is not done. What? There's no end credits on it, no titles, that sort of thing. Why? So the people watching it, those handful of screenings, way back in April, like yeah. what is it, July now? So he said, we'll get it, but I think Tommy's waiting to finish it off. And I'm like, why hasn't he finished it yet? It sounds yeah. like he's pretty close. So it's a work print, basically. Yeah, essentially. Oh yeah. my God. Like one of those things you might see at a film fest or something. Or is it like that leaked version of Wolverine, whatever, X-Men oh, Origins, yeah. that had the unfinished effects? And you're People like, are freaking out. Oh, he's really fighting, I guess, Sabretooth? I don't know what this the is. The claws look horrible. They're like, yeah, because we're not done yet, guys. Oh, man. So yeah, maybe it's pretty much that, I guess. Yeah, but Lee said he watched that. So he's seen it. He's seen it. And he said, unabashedly, he thinks Tommy has another The Room on His Hands. <laughs> Is that wishful thinking too, though, because he's a theater owner? Maybe, but he said he saw it like at one of these screenings. Like yeah. he saw it with a crowd. Okay. Other such things have happened where there's a sequel or a follow-up to a cult film, and it just does not fly. No. And this one, he said it was standing ovation and people laughing. Yeah. And so who knows, but maybe in a few months from now or a year from now, our rotation will be The Room, Big Shark, Rocky Horror, and Man. Cinema. Yeah, you know, will it be a shock treatment? Will it be a Fury Road? You know, we'll find out. Exactly. I I have yet to see shock treatment. And I want to see it, but it's just never kind of come around. We've yeah. never screened it in our run. I, I don't think it's readily available. Yeah, no, there's, I think there's like a, a nice blue ribbon now in the oh, last yeah. six months or so. Okay. But yeah, before that, it was just... Well, and a lot of people seem to not want it. Some did. Some did. If people who had seen it were kind of like, eh, you know. Because yeah. it's just not as good, obviously, as Rocky Horror. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun curio. And then the other screening we have is a one-afternoon-only fundraiser screening for the Ottawa Rowing Club. Oh. A nonprofit organization. Um, was oh, it The Boy in Blue with Nicolas Cage, where he's a, a rowboat type guy? No, it should be. Yeah, I wish it was. Completely unrelated. <laughs> It's Jurassic Park. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Okay, what? There's... You know, there's scenes in 
water in uh, Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah, there is. They're surrounded by, they're on an island. Supposedly there was going to be a sweet underwater scene in that and they cut it for budget or didn't look that good There's a scene in the book where they're going down a river being chased by the T-Rex. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. And I think they filmed some of it and just it didn't work or it was too expensive. I remember that. Man, you think about alternate universes. Yeah. There's sketches and storyboards because early on Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford to be in it. And Harrison, and you think back on this and you're like, come on, man. But he was going through his post-indie, post-Star Wars phase of the 90s where he was like, I don't want to be an action hero anymore. I want to do Sabrina. And you look back and you're like, oh, why didn't you do it? And, you know, it all turned out fine for both the movie and the actor. And Sam Neill is wicked. But it was going to be Harrison Ford in that role. It's hilarious you bring that up because I just watched Deep Rising. Which oh, I yeah. hadn't seen the whole movie, yep. but that was made for Harrison Ford with Harrison Ford signed on, which he wasn't. But anyways, yeah. Jim Carrey was going to be in it. Oh my god! And so he was the comedic relief, and then once Harrison Ford dropped out, Jim Carrey dropped out, and then Treat Williams jumped wow. in, and then I didn't other, know that. Yeah, the comic relief. I, I'm not sure what the guy's name is, but you could totally see those guys in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that was I think '97, something like that. So, yeah. So it's like later that amount of time. But what's I mean, to me, it's funny is that he didn't do Deep Rising so he could do Six Days, Seven Nights with Anne Heche, which nobody remembers. I mean, except me, obviously. It's so funny to look back on a career like that of choices made where you're like, come on, Harrison, do Deep Rising. Or, but then it's like, you know, True Williams got to be in it, which is awesome. It's true. And and it would have been three Fords that year because that was Air Force One. And, okay. And it would have been Deep Rising. And yeah. then uh, The Devil's Own with Brad Pitt and his Irish accent. Right. Which And again, no one remembers that either. No. Air Force One, you know, get off my plane. Yeah, that know? was actually a big hit. Yeah. So there's, that, I think that was the only one of any of those that actually did anything. Yeah, because in that era, he was doing all couple Tom Clancy movies in Air yeah. Force One were the big hits. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyhow, so in conclusion, yeah. come see Jurassic Park in support of the Ottawa Rowing Club. And yeah, and that's Jurassic Park will probably always be in my top 10. Like, I'll never forget. I was 11, I think. So it was like the perfect age. Recently, or the last time we screened it was for a private birthday party rental. Yeah. So just screening it on Blu-ray for a private event. No tickets sold or anything like that. And I ducked into just watch a little bit of it. And that movie's from 1993. Mm-hmm. And those CG effects hold up like crazy. Yeah, and the animatronics are phenomenal, oh, yeah. obviously. And I know a guy who works at Lucasfilm, and I sent him a message, and I was like, holy cow, those effects hold up. Because you see other CG, yeah. and you can tell like so fast. Even The Lost World. Yeah. Like, I mean, bigger budget, years later. You know, I mean, you're not going to compare it to the original, but still. But something about they gave it their all in that movie. Yeah. I'm sure they picked Jurassic Park because they wanted a kind of generic, awesome summer movie. For sure. And I think Stan Winston worked on that, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, It's just phenomenal. So, yeah, I had no idea we were playing this. But, yeah, this is just such a special movie. I haven't seen it in theaters probably since 93, actually. And our friend Phil Tippett worked on it. Oh, yeah. With the immortal quote of, sigh, I think we just went extinct. Oh, when, my God. Once he saw the CG. And then Mad God. years later (laughs) oh luckily he still works i just saw some behind the scenes for mandalorian and his team was working on that yeah so yeah they're still out there but very funny that they took that line and put it in the movie yeah phenomenal Uh, come out to that support the rowing club yeah that's not what it was yeah whoever it was support them it was the rowing club yeah you were right the ottawa rowing club oh amazing all right yeah come and support the rowing club my friends excellent pitch man (laughs) my new best friends the rowing club and then we have a pair of Classic cult and soon-to-be cult classics. The first up, Mad Heidi. 
Oh yeah, which just looks to be a campy, yeah. blood and guts, Xena warrior princess esque retelling of the tale. And one comment on the post said that this was one of the five best movies of the last ten years. I That's think. what somebody said on Facebook. Yeah, they didn't say the best, but top five. Facebook never lies. Yeah, and I was just like I said to Josh, I'm like, I haven't seen it, so I can't no. say they're wrong. But that is an amazing. You you are putting a high quote on that, my friend. At the Vancouver Horror Show, which sounds like an awesome festival, it it won Best Feature Film, Cinematography, and Supporting Performance for Casper Van Dien. What? Yeah. I didn't know he was in this. Tarzan's Casper Van Dien is in this? Tarzan's Casper Van Dien. Nobody remembers that either. Starship Troopers is the usual go-to, but he was in Star Wars. Not Star Wars. Tarzan. Sleepy Hollow. 99. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was good. I like him. And then finally this week... In the subgenre of Jurassic Park, kind of, oh, we're boy. doing a creature feature fest throughout July. Yeah, this blew my mind. And I, I also have to say, I appreciate sometimes when you don't tell me stuff and oh, then yeah. I see them and I'm like, what? And I'm just <laughs> as excited as anyone else. Yeah, know? like Christmas morn. It's so good. So first up is Grizzly screening this week. Amazing. And then it is Piranha and so Alligator. Oh, and God. then wrapping up with Jaws. My God. The reason being is these three films, and you can see it in any review you find for them are blatant ripoffs of Jaws. Grizzly, so much so, which I haven't seen forever, is supposedly it's like they took the script for Jaws <laughs> and like erased beach and put in forest and erased shark and put in bear and the character archetypes are the exact same. And then Prana, which we'll talk about next week, is of course a Joe Dante classic, so which good. actually has... Good reviews. Yeah, it's legit. And that one has kind of the most... Jaws is like, we're cool with Piranha. Like, that's kind of the most like... Yeah. Spielberg is a fan of Piranha, I believe. Yeah, Spielberg hired Joe Dante after Piranha to do a couple of projects. Yeah, and I believe there's a Jaws video game in Piranha that they're playing. Yeah. Pretty sure about that. And then Alligator, same thing. Alligator, the funniest piece of trivia I found for that is supposedly Quentin Tarantino based the cop character in Jackie Brown... After seeing... Hmm. William Forsyth? No. That, or no, uh, similar guy. Anyways. Seeing the actor who he cast... That gentleman. Yeah, in Jackie Brown in Alligator. Yeah. So you could pretend that it's the same world. William Forsyth is in Jackie Brown though, isn't he? Or am I wrong on that too? Maybe? The point is, I'm pretty sure... Um, like, Did John Sayles write both Piranha and Alligator? I do believe so. John Sayles, who went on to a great independent career, was doing a lot of the kind of you know, quote unquote, Roger Corman type stuff back in the day. And yeah, worked on a lot of those stuff. Oh, and so we don't seem like idiots. Robert Forrester. How could I forget Robert Forrester? I was so close. But supposedly Quentin watched Alligator and used that same kind of cop mold as his character for Jackie Brown. Man, that's fun. And also we'd be remiss to not point out that Grizzly 2 is that one that has all the stars in it and didn't get released for years and then finally got released last year. Yeah. And it's not great. So I can't believe we didn't screen that though. No, I don't even think it's I don't know. I don't think it is screened anywhere. Like maybe a couple festivals kind of thing, but yeah. But all these posters, the Grizzly poster I know is by Neil Adams, who is a classic artist, worked on Batman and everything else. The posters are so good. The Prana poster is so good. The alligator one's a bit more basic. It's just an alligator. Sure. But the grizzly one is just that. I love that the art was often done before the movie was even done. I have a Spanish alligator full poster that I can bring in for the screening. Oh, yeah. It looks sick. If it gets stolen, I'll be devastated. But it's (laughs) one of the coolest posters. And the Prana one is just an all-time classic. So, yeah. So, that's our super fun summer festival is our creature feature fest. So, yeah. Kicking things off with grizzly and then... 
Piranha, and then Alligator, and then Jaws. And then Jaws, of course, is an yeah. actual excellent <laughs> yeah. masterpiece of a movie. Jaws is Jaws. Fun fact, all the, the other three besides Jaws, they all have sequels, but no third movie. Oh, interesting. Alligator 2, super fun, underrated, I'm going to say it. Yeah. Grizzly 2, not great. Yeah. Piranha 2, well, you get James Cameron. Yeah, and James Cameron <laughs> isn't as fun as Spielberg or anything because he straight up tries to pretend it never happened. Yeah, I'll co-sign Alligator 2 of those three. That's yeah. not saying it's a good movie, but it's fun. Yeah, a very fun summer festival that we have coming up for everyone to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Ending with Jaws, which is always fun to see on the big screen. Absolutely. I like that we're kind of bookending Jurassic Park and Jaws, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, even though Jurassic Park's not our fault, but we'll take claim for it. Yeah, Rowing Club is all over it. We go, yeah, yeah. So good. So thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to wrap things up. You can find more information at mayfairtheater.ca and on various social medias as they exist. Mm-hmm. And we will be back next week to talk about more stuff coming up this summer at the Mayfair Theater. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, speaking of Sam Neill, I finally watched Omen 3. Oh. So good. Well, I mean, not as good as 2, but we followed it up with Omen 4. Not good at all. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, kind of devastating ending there. A motion picture is coming that does not cater to fantasy. You will see nature's most savage man-eating animal. By its size alone, it can overpower and devour any human. Grizzly, over 18 feet tall, over 2,000 pounds, the largest carnivorous brown beast in the world. Because the campers come in here, they leave food around, the bears get the smell of it, and that's it. Well, this is different. This bum's eating his victims. Anyone is fair game. Because this grizzly preys on the easiest food of all, man. 18 feet of man-eating, gut-crunching terror. The deadliest jaws on land belong to grizzly. Grizzly. <laughs>